0: welcome to media path i'm fritz coleman i'm louise Palanker. there's too much tv to watch raise your hand if you've said that many times since the advent of streaming services it's a good problem Mm -hmm. so here on media path we try to edit your choices For you by curating some selections you might try so you can get back to the crushing weight of your daily responsibilities without being distracted. Not only streaming TV, but network, pay-per-view, online books, we'll talk about anything. And our favorite thing is talking to wonderful guests that have become fixtures in American culture like Dee Wallace, our guest today. We all know Dee from movies like E.T. and Critters and Cujo and all our current stuff. She's an actor. She is a healer. She's got books, a radio show, a podcast, all promoting the power of you. And we're going to explain all that in just a few seconds. Wheezy, what do you have for us?
1: So we always open this show now, Fritz. Uh, People look forward to this. Uh, We read reviews.
0: Weekly bragging. I love that. So
1: if you've gone into the Apple Store and left a review, we could be reading your words on this show. This review comes into us from Jim Eaton. It's titled Love This Show. Fritz and Wheezy, every show is enjoyable, entertaining, and thought-provoking. I agree with Fritz and Wheezy on everything. We have raised this child well. I love and look forward to each episode. Here's one uh, entitled- I I,
0: I believe that right up to the last line, I agree with Fritz and Weasley on everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe he was just pushing that agenda a little too hard. Okay. So this one is from Barbara Adams. It's titled Growing Up Walton. Great show. My father, who just passed away last week, loved the Waltons. He would watch it every day. It brought back a lot of memories from his childhood. It was nice to hear the memories of Judy Norton. Thank you. I agree. That was a lot of fun. So I have also been watching TV this week, Fritz. I'm so surprised. And I think that makes me stand out. So there's a movie that just made its way to Amazon Prime called The Only Living Boy in New York, which I watched. Uh, Thomas Webb is the son of a wealthy New York City publisher and his artistic wife. He's just graduated from college and is attempting to find his way and his voice when a wise and mysterious stranger moves into his apartment building. As Thomas absorbs this refreshing new counsel, his perspective on his parents' marriage and his place in the world begin to shift and evolve. At first blush, this film is dipped and soaking in a steaming cup of pretentious New Yorkiness, dinner parties, <laughs> art openings, milk alternatives – But in essence, the story is just a newly cloaked version of our protagonist drinking from the knowledge fountain of a sensei, a genie, a wizard, a Jedi master, or in this case, an inebriated Jeff Bridges. And... (laughs) <laughs> if you think I would advise you to work your way through this film without reaching the sweet reward of the Simon and Garfunkel titled song, you would be incorrect. The Only Living Boy in New York stars Callum Turner, Kate Beckinsale, Pierce Brosnan, and Jeff Bridges. It can be found on Amazon Prime. Fritz, what do you got?
0: I love that. That's another one of those deals that you have pointed out to me that I had no idea about because, you know, they don't market these things. It's a anyway.
1: quiet film. So sometimes when these quiet films make it to these streaming services, we get to discover them, and it's fun.
0: Well, here's one that might fall into that category mm-hmm. with you. My selection this week is The Electrical Life of Lewis Wayne. This is a film on prime streaming and in theaters in limited release. Right up front, this is a very odd yet a very wonderful Movie. It's a true story about Lewis Wayne, who was a British artist and illustrator that came to fame in the early 1900s. He was famous because of his surreal pictures of cats. Now, in Victorian England, it was very odd to have a cat as a pet. People mainly had them as Mousers. And it was equally odd uh, during that period of time for pictures of cats to become a sensation like they did because of Lewis Wayne. The love story between Lewis Wayne, played brilliantly by Benedict Cumberbatch, and Elizabeth Richardson, played by Claire Foy, who I've wanted to marry ever since The Crown, is where the cat <laughs> obsession starts. The two fall in love, they get married, they find a stray kitten, they take him in, they name him Peter. Elizabeth becomes terminally ill, and cats, either real or drawn, seem to be the single thing that brings her joy. At that point, Wayne becomes obsessed with drawing cats as uh, uh, Louis Wayne slowly declines into mental illness, and his pictures become even more surreal. I know it sounds really odd, but it's an astonishingly aching love story. If you are a cat lover, you will say, finally, someone understands me. I have a cat. That is, I am the caretaker for my daughter's cat, Alfie. Alfie and I are like the Israelis and the Palestinians. We coexist with low-grade tension all the time. I do love him as you love a child, regardless of his flaws. This is a lovely film, gorgeous cinematography, and as always, what you always expect from the Brits, it's a masterclass in acting really beautiful film did you know about it I didn't even I, know about it until I stumbled across it I started watching
1: it Fritz um, when I got your email that you were going to be discussing it and what I noticed at the, at the outset is this guy could draw with both hands
0: it was really he's interesting he's
1: got both sides you know, of his
0: brain operating so, oh good so you haven't seen the whole thing this yeah. is not away I found him a little Aspergery at the beginning of the film. That's what I thought it was. But as the film progresses, he goes into a deep, deep mental illness. And you find out it's hereditary because his sister suffers from the same thing. So it's not. Oh. It's way worse than Asperger's. But it was a beautiful film. And the acting was sensational.
1: You know, this guy may have prepared cats to take over the internet when it was time. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. So but, good for him. Go All right. So I can't let the week go by without talking about ABBA. So if you, have, <laughs> if you haven't been paying ABBA attention, ABBA has released a new, a new uh, recording, 10 new songs in an album they're calling Voyage. So this is their first studio album in nearly 40 years. They may be endeavoring to remain just one step ahead of Mamma Mia sequel movies or they may just really miss each other. If you've gone down the ABBA documentary YouTube rabbit hole, which I have proudly done, then you know that ABBA's origin story is they were all Swedish pop stars. Benny Mm -hmm. took up with Anna frida Bjorn was with Agnetha. They formed ABBA. And throughout the course of their meteoric trajectory, they romanced, married, and divorced. And you can hear it in their lyrics and see it in their videos. For example, One of Us is Crying, The Winner Takes It All. On Voyage... You will encounter the classic ABBA blend of lush arrangements, hooky melodies, intriguing modulations, and rich harmonies. But the presentation is a little more mature and robust. For example, the lyrics are often unafraid of sounding more like a short story than a song. Keep an eye on Dan is written in the voice of a divorced parent dropping off a child with lyrics that go like this. Certain that I'm out of sight, I pull over and turn off the car and I bang a wheel. I can't believe that I've actually held it together this far, seeing how I feel. And you also get old school album melodies with newly earned perspective and wisdom in, for example, the first single, I Still Have Faith in You, which goes, we do have it in us. New spirit has arrived, the joy and the sorrow. We have a story and it survived. I still have faith in you. It stands above the crazy things we did. It all comes
0: down to love. Wow, quite beautiful lyrics. And you can find It's going to be him. really interesting to see how the yeah. world reacts to that because when they were hits the first time, top 40 radio was in full swing. So how is the word going to get out? will streaming and the internet and all those things be able to promote them as quickly as radio did
1: well you know just one thing surface level is that the second you hear or see on twitter abba's album is out you can go to spotify and start listening that second you don't have to go in your car and go down to virgin records You, you just have it immediately so you can steep in it as i did because I love ABBA. So I think we should uh, introduce- Weezy, um, real quick, do you want to mention the concert that they're doing with like holograms? I don't know if I do, you... but it seemed like going on to, into a different trajectory. Okay. But they will be-
0: that's- Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Because if that is successful, it's going to change the whole concert idea for all rock bands, right?
1: Yeah. Well, Where what's interesting- holograms, they
0: don't even have to show up in person.
1: Right. Well, what's interesting about this is that they're not touring right it's a one it's in one venue in london or something well the girls won't tour they don't want to tour and the hologram idea has been cooking and baking for a long time because there's a lot that goes into that but benny and bjorn were thinking well if we're going to do this hologram tour we're going to need some new music and that's what inspired the album so it's like a whole we'll need to get someone
0: from abba on the show and then we can talk about that again they're going to
1: show up in hologram form
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right we're so happy to introduce our guest our guest today Burst into our consciousness as she played the young mother in E.T., the extraterrestrial, which she just told me a few minutes ago celebrates its 40th birthday next year, which tears my heart out. She also starred in The Howling and Critters and Cujo and lots of other movies. And she's even in a few current ones we'll learn about. Her greatest contribution to the planet is her most recent work, As a healer, she's written books. She has a radio show and a podcast. She lectures, does private consultations. Her most recent book is titled Born. You can get it through her website, which we'll tell you about. She has a Sunday morning radio show at 9 o'clock on Sundays from www.blogtalkradio.com slash conscious creation. All these efforts are designed to teach you the power of you. Listen to some of these interesting quotes from D. Wallace. Love yourself beyond anything or anyone else. Love yourself so much that you can't do anything that doesn't make you love yourself more. Pretty interesting, here's another one. The biggest fear we have is accepting our own power, acceptance that you are the powerful God of you. You deserve that joy. That in itself is very powerful. We're happy to welcome D. Wallace. Hello, D.
2: Hello, guys. How are you?
0: Happy to have you today. You look happy fantastic. Happy to be here. For those of you in the car, let me describe her outfit. She's got a thankful t-shirt on, and I guess that she's thankful Thank every day of her for life. My life. There Thank it you. is. That's beautiful.
1: I'm thankful for that t-shirt. So I'm to be, I'm <laughs> very appreciative.
0: But you so, know, go, go ahead, ahead Wizzy.
1: Well. The quote that, that Fritz uh, opened with, love yourself so much that you can't do anything that doesn't yeah. make you love yourself more, is that, in other words, you would say, I know so many people are fearful of failure, and that keeps them from trying. So are, is what you're saying that any time that you do make a mistake, it will feel like a na- the natural way of learning rather than failure? It will just add well, to your love.
2: Putting it really simply, yeah. if you love yourself or love anybody, you're not in judgment.
1: Even, in a, even of yourself.
2: Especially of yourself. And we are never taught it from the time we're born. We Most of us have been taught that loving yourself is egotistical or narcissistic. Or we'll be judged by it. God won't think we're humble. Uh, That wasn't God's message at all. Uh, If you read the good book, God and his message are all about love. And who do we want to give everything to? The people we love. And so here we are trying to create the lives we want. Without loving ourselves that we want to give everything to. Mm -hmm. So when you really are filled up with the love of self in the highest way, you cannot not love everyone else.
0: You know, the love yourself theory is not new, but you in your podcast and your other platforms, have a way of making it applicable to our daily lives. You make it really easy to understand, as you just did.
2: brain science.
0: Here's a great example I found listening to your radio show. You're talking about the current attitude of everybody, and everybody seems to have a lot of anger right now. Political anger and social anger, and starting fights on planes and everything. And you say that anger is a combination of guilt and fear. And I thought your explanation of that was great. Can you talk about it?
2: Grief and fear.
0: Grief and fear. Oh.
2: Yeah, grief and fear. And any actor will tell you that anger is a secondary emotion. It comes from uh, the fear that you are not in control, the fear of the boogeyman, the uh, fear of not having enough, or it comes from grief that is so deep-seated that you cannot handle it, and so it expresses itself in anger. So if we're really going to understand anger, we have to understand all the things we're in grief or fear about, which, going back to the first question, is the antithesis of self-love. Because when you love yourself, you do not choose to go into grief or fear because it weakens you. It does not create the life you want. It will not attract and manifest the things in your life that you want.
1: But it seems like if, if there's early childhood trauma and then you, the way that you've dealt with that is to build up some kind of facade within which you can function what makes people angry is anything that contradicts that story that they've been living with for so long. And I know you're saying anger isn't a primary emotion, but frustration or or fear that maybe the story that you've created is going to be found out or revealed as untrue.
2: Well, you know, look, most of us keep telling our stories Mm-hmm. Because it's a really good excuse not to move into our power.
1: Okay. Wow. Yeah.
2: And for example, I come. Now, this is my story. Okay. Okay. I come from a very poor family. My father was a severe alcoholic. He ended up shooting himself in the head when I was a senior in high school. Oh, no. My mother... Um, I watched her work all her life, struggle very hard to make ends meet. I watched my grandmother at the time I was impressionable. She also had to take care of my grandfather who had had a stroke, who in his prime had been a very vital CPA in our hometown. My younger brother committed suicide, A few years ago, Um, my husband died at an early age of 50. I could use these things as a reason why I can't be happy, why I can't succeed and why I can't move on from my life. Or I can go, you know what? Everybody's got a story, everybody. We've all been used, abused, betrayed in some way. I can conquer my story and I can write a new one. I can write the story that I want to live. And I believe, I know that that's why I've been so successful and happy in my life.
1: Mm -hmm. When I hear people speak to you on, on your radio show, they start out trying to help you understand their point of view and where they've entrenched themselves. And what you'll typically do is stop them. Yeah. How do you know when you've heard enough and where they would be going well, if you let them continue?
2: That's a great question. You know, when you've heard enough, when you've never a- heard the question they really want to know.
1: Right. Hmm.
2: They just keep, and I'm telling you, when I go out and speak, i can pull somebody up on stage that i've never met and say okay so what do you want to work on i don't want to have to worry about money great what do you what do you want what do you want to know what what, what do you want to find the answer to well i i don't want to be so frustrated about money great what do you want and this goes on and on and on for 20 minutes until they get so pissed off at me they go, I want more money. And I go, okay, but that's the first time you told me what you've wanted.
1: They were afraid to say it out loud. Mm.
2: They have never been trained mm-hmm. to say what they want. Oh. Look, Let's all go back to our childhood for a minute. Okay. How many of us, no matter how great your parents were, how many of us were said, you asked me for everything you want, honey you come and tell me everything you want. You deserve to have everything that you want in your life. I, yeah, right. Really? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. We're, we're most of us taught that that's not okay. We should sit down, shut up, be thankful for what we get. If we have a toy and Johnny wants to play with the toy, we should give it to Johnny. And then we get to be 20, 30 and 40 and we go, why can't I create what I want in my life? But you can't
1: have because. kids walking through the, the department store putting everything in their basket. You have to teach them how to moderate. How, so what do you advise?
2: Well, <laughs> but you have to know what you want before you can moderate what you create.
1: Well, they think they Don't want every. I agree, but they kids think they want everything they look at. And they do. And that's because they don't know what it is and they want to just experience it.
2: They know that that's going to make them happy, you know, and why not ask for it? And that's my message to us as adults. The first thing you have to do to manifest more in your life is to choose what you want. And most of us, have been trained to choose what we want by saying what we don't want. Like, I don't want to be worried about money.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or I, if you're working on a relationship, well, I don't want a relationship like the last two. Okay. That doesn't tell the universe what you want. Doesn't tell you what you want. You know, if you're working on health, I don't want to be sick anymore. That's not what you want. What you want is health. hmm Okay, so let's take all these spiritual practices and put them into brain science.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Brain science, religion, spirituality, they're all saying the same thing. In the good book, it says, you know, love, hope, peace. Think only on these things. Brain science says, whatever you focus on, you create more of in your life.
1: Same thing. Is there empirical evidence to that effect?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You can Google Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden. um, um, Dawson Church has an amazing book out, a big scientist who actually gave me a wonderful quote for Born, too. Wow. Um, Dawson Church, Mind to Matter. Do you know that they've proven that... 95% of the disease in the world that we thought was genetic isn't. Wow. It's what they call epigenetic, Mm -hmm. which is how much of a victim you are, what story are you telling, how are you defining yourself, Mm -hmm. and your body responds to that. Wow. It's amazing It's amazing research. And what's more amazing, guys, is to watch the miraculous shift in your life Mm -hmm. when you actually start applying it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'm an older woman in the acting business. Uh, Not a lot of roles out there. So somebody keeps saying, that's not my experience. I get up every day and go, all right universe. What are we going to create today? I know I love money. Bring me more money. I know I love acting. Bring me more acting. I love my healing work. What opportunities can we create for that? Mm -hmm. But you see, if you don't love yourself and you keep living in the victimness of your story, you're not going to get up and ask those things, are you?
1: You're not going to feel like you're worthy of it.
2: No, and you're not going to have the energy. Boy, do I hear that. Oh, my God, you guys, I hear that so much. I just don't have the energy to do it. Well, no wonder, because you have no joy and love and passion behind what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's what gives you the energy. Well, why should I have joy and love and passion if I don't have it yet? Because that's what creates it.
0: I don't want to get too far past the medical thing because I noticed on your radio show that people call with real, like, specific medical problems. A lot of times, Uh, yeah. uh, uh, The one I'm thinking of was the lady that called and was having a pain in her hip, and then she used some of your self-awareness exercises and literally talked herself out of it. Not that that's the solution to all biological issues, but it seems to have a real effect on how people react to their own pains.
2: Well, absolutely. And again, oh, there's so many places I need to go with that question. It's a great question. Energy, all there is, is energy. We learned that in fifth grade. Energy is neutral. There is no positive energy. There is no negative energy. Energy becomes positive or negative through our direction of it. Mm -hmm. And we direct energy through our thoughts and our feelings and our perspectives. So energy will if you're not consciously directing energy energy will take direction from for example the TV. We did a study one time in 1 hour you can get 50 messages of the disease you might very probably have, the pill you better take, how it might kill you anyway (laughs) while you are looking at happy families with dogs so what does your brain say oh i get it being sick is happy
0: well that's interesting Wow. we
2: are inundated we are hypnotized in in this country especially
1: well i know that humans are complicated and they slow down to look at an accident, and they like to dress up as gory things on Halloween. And it's part of our nature, I guess, to be one aspect of at least to be warriors. And I find that I I can't watch any television or movies with torture, with humans being intentionally cruel, or with a lot of gore. I, I don't want that in my consciousness. What uh, what in us is drawn to that? and is it am I, is my, are my instincts correct? Is it bad to absorb too much of that as entertainment?
2: Actually, they've proven, and you guys can all Google this, just put the positive effects of horror in your Google. They've proven that um, watching a horror film will enhance your DNA help you um, handle your anxiety level, uh, increase good hormones. So I started studying this when my daughter was little, and we would, for example, her favorite movie was um, The Little Mermaid. And I put it on and she'd go, Mommy, lady, get big part, lady, get big, where Ursula you know, gets big and (laughs) really scary. And it started to kind of concern me. And so I started doing some research about it. Well, if you study Disney, every Disney film has a scary character in it Mm -hmm. because it gives the child an opportunity to powerfully, in a safe place, move through their fear
1: okay so that's interesting so you're saying and that's
2: it's, what it, we're doing when we go see a horror film
1: so you're saying it, it's not damaging it's okay to watch in fact it, it strengthens you in the good places
2: i think there are arguments on both sides i i don't choose to watch a lot of horror films i'm very wussy mm-hmm. about it
1: but you're in a lot of them
2: but i'm in a <laughs> I, I have a very interesting dichotomy in my life, where I spend half my life doing war films and the other half healing people from fear. And you know, the two of them intertwine better than you could ever imagine.
1: Wow, you
0: mentioned
2: it's, weird. it's interesting,
1: fascinating.
0: You mentioned the channel a lot in your talks. Yeah, what, what is the channel?
2: Well, everybody can channel, first of all, but the channel is. <sighs> Literally, the best way to envision it is just an open cylinder that goes up to all the information that's available to everybody. But as it says in the good book, you must ask to receive. Mm-hmm. So, my channel, I, I channeled a lot when I was a kid, and most kids do. Uh, ever hear of an imaginary friend? Yes, well, that's mm-hmm. what's going on. Okay. They're channeling yeah. energy. Um, I channeled a lot when I was a kid, didn't know I was channeling, um, and then I kind of didn't do it anymore when I grew up, and then I met uh, Christopher, my husband, and he got me involved in this philosophy called conceptology, and we would go study it once or twice a month, and it was all around um, you're the power of you,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, that we are all interconnected. And we are living in many different dimensions. Me, D, mm-hmm. and you guys have a lot of us's in many different dimensions. Wow. And we're all in conversation with the universe. And there's all kinds of scientific studies, guys, that are proving this now. Um, so the channel is just you being open to bringing in all the information that's available to everybody.
1: Where do we go when we dream?
2: When we dream? Yeah. Uh, my channel... Has a very interesting perspective on dreams. Mm-hmm. It says that everybody in your dream is you. Okay. So if the boogeyman's after you, you're after yourself. <sighs> wow. If you are stuck somewhere and you can't get out, the place you're stuck in is yourself. And when you start breaking dreams down, it begins making an incredible amount of sense.
0: You, you <clears throat> do lectures. You, you do speak speaking engagements in all size venues, but you also do privates. Yep. So what, what's the single biggest thing that people want to fix when they come to you for a private session?
2: Uh, they want a quick answer. Hmm. Tell me how to do it. And I say to them, you're the God of you. Mm -hmm. I can give you advice. I can guide you. I can tell you where your blocks are like that. But you've got to shift. You've got to be the one. You're the one that has the power. Look, nobody can think a thought for us, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody can feel a feeling for us nobody can hold a perspective for us that we do not condone that makes us the creators and gods of ourselves on this plane we were given free will to choose but most of us are not choosing we're saying i don't have a choice because of my story
1: right 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 there was one question that you got from a woman that I, I thought was intriguing. She didn't tell the details, but she said, my daughter still believes I'm responsible for something negative that happens to her. And so it, she was sort of kind of laying out that that's the space they live in and that the two of them continue that dance. And you just cut her right off. And you said, then you need to change how you see yeah. that. Go ahead, Go ahead and share.
2: You know, we all want to do that yeah when we need to do this right when it and again it's miraculous to watch guys when you shift you back to love okay when you shift you and love yourself enough so much that you accept your power and your magnificence you're not going to want to blame anybody else You're going to want to use your power in the highest way you can for yourself, which is the highest way to help others also,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: which is also the highest way to create the world we want to live in.
1: What are you tapping into when you ask someone to tell you a song title like right now?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Everybody's channel uh, speaks to them through what they know, mm-hmm. right? I happen to be a very creative person. So I started out uh, when I started channeling, they would just take me to the four books that I work with okay and then um, and then we went to uh, give me a movie right? Obviously. Why? Yeah. And then we went to give me a song and they were. That's an old word. They that I use the channel was teaching me how to decipher the information that was coming in. Wow. So, for example, uh, I'll ask somebody, give me a song if, if they give me the sound of music. I'll go, okay, is it the first number or the last number? Yeah. The first number is all about joy. The hills are alive. Mm -hmm. Remember when she runs up to the hill, Mm -hmm. that amazing opening scene? Oh, yeah. So then she gets everything she wants. She gets the family, they're happy, she gets the husband, the beauty, and then they have to leave their country. Mm -hmm. What that's about is I have to pay for everything I get.
0: Interesting. Wow.
2: So I've been trained uh, over now 40 years. Like John Edward, if you ever watch John Edward, his channel gives him pictures. Right. He would see roses for an anniversary, for example. Right. I hear... uh, or uh, I do get pictures sometimes, but mostly I hear. Um, and when when I I'm given the movie or the the song now they've added plays, especially Hamilton, and the, <laughs> and the sound of music, uh, sound of music and South Pacific. Okay. <laughs> uh, for example, I've got to wash that man right out of my hair. Uh, that's, that's the first about- thing. Yeah that's all about you got to get rid of your story dude
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know hamilton they they go a lot toward um i wish i were in the room where it happened right room where it happened mm-hmm. the room where. It, yeah. well you are the room where it happens you yeah
1: doesn't that feel a lot like uh like jealousy, like it presents as jealousy that other people have a better life than you somehow. You're, lo- you're looking at others and you're making these these comparisons, or you're seeing yourself within this framework as being someone that has less.
2: Yeah, you know my my channel doesn't like the word jealousy. Okay. Um, again, we're back. See, I, I work with a pendulum, so mm-hmm. I picked it up there to get some discernment. Um, and no, I don't roll my eyes or talk in a weird voice when I'm channeling. <laughs> um, again, we're back to fear. So the fear. Oh, I got it. All right. So the fear is I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. But it can be deciphered as you have more than me. But it's really about their their lack of feeling that they, not that they have enough, but they aren't enough.
1: Isn't it hard though, for some people to see life as a collaboration, since we're so programmed and trained to see life as a competition?
2: Well, oh well. Right. You know, if you keep saying it's hard, that is a direction to energy, and you will have a harder life right
1: but to see yourself as opposed to someone else that's how you know that like there's two of us going up for this job and one person's going to get it and the other isn't and so how do you how do you teach people to be t- to not feel that that grief when someone gets something and they see something as a zero sum game that it's either you get it or Well right. I,
2: I'll, I'll explain it through an exercise so i teach everybody to find their love place and their love place Is anything that opens their heart and puts a smile on their face. I use my little dog freedom. (laughs) So everybody that's listening, find your love place. It can be a place in nature. can be animals are great because they're unconditional. Newborn baby. Everybody find your love place that just got it. Opens your heart. Yeah. Are you there? You got your love place? (laughs) Okay. So... Now think about competing and losing. Ah, now go back to your love, go back to your heart. Now go back to competing and losing. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You see, you leave your heart and you go up to your mind because that's what your mind is made for. Your mind is made to doubt and question. Your heart is where you go to find the real knowing. it will never ever and again back to the heart map institute and all the scientists they've proven that a heart has a brain and the brain has a heart Mm. and they are in constant communication with with each other okay the world is an electromagnetic our planet is an electromagnetic force we are electrical beings okay They measure our heart through electrocardiograms. They measure our brains through electroencephalograms. So every thought, every feeling we have is an electrical impulse that goes out and the universe looks to match whatever signal you send out. Mm -hmm. If it's love, the universe matches love. Mm -hmm. If it's fear or anger, the universe will match that. It does not judge you, its job is to match
1: mm-hmm.
2: and send it back to you in the reality of your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a question from our producer, Dina. Hi, Dina. De- oh,
2: Dina, I'm Deanna, hi Dina.
0: Hi, I get called that all the time. My name is Oh, yeah, constantly
2: mispronounced. <laughs> yes,
1: that is, that's our fate. Um, So I have a a question. So other than what you mentioned earlier about instant gratification, what do you, in your opinion, what are um, some of the biggest misconceptions about law of attraction, using energy and thoughts to get to a place that you want to be? Like some of the things that you encounter that people like immediately misconstrue or...
2: Uh, Get right. One of the big ones is I'm waiting for God or the guides or the angels to tell me what to do.
1: Mm.
2: Well, I got news for everybody. They're waiting for you. Mm-hmm. In the I Am Discourses, it says very clearly God cannot and will not intercede on your behalf without your clear direction. And you cannot direct energy without choosing what you want and the best way to direct energy and get what you want is to direct it while you are hooked up to that beautiful love. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Let let me just ask a question. Uh, uh, I I think the answer to this is no because you're just coming from a place of love but does your thought process do your teachings ever conflict with someone's religious upbringing or background? Never. It seems like they work in tandem because they're really talking about the same thing, which is love, right?
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, Christ was teaching brain science. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, they didn't have the terms back then, but, you know, these miracles and more will you do also. Is that telling us to be small? Mm -hmm. Right? Right? Right. See... Our limitations come from man trying to limit us to be more powerful for themselves. Our limitations don't come from God. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, so you're saying our limitations come from other people on earth who are trying to... uh...
2: Sure, go back. Look, all you have to do is go back and study history when the popes and the kings got in bed together
1: right mm-hmm. it's a power So struggle. you have
2: to give us all your land so you can get into heaven
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but the thing is that people are easily manipulated we're we're easily manipulated well, by propaganda then don't be. right <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. right 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 that's what i mean if if you truly can get and embrace the concept that you are the creator and the god of your life in embodiment on this plane then you can move into your power
1: mm-hmm. now how can we and should we endeavor to separate religion and ritual from ocd and superstition
2: well a lot of religion is superstition sorry mm-hmm. it is a lot of religion is incorrect teaching i'm sorry you can't have it both ways you can't have you were made in the image and likeness of the greatest creative force on earth and don't be powerful. And God likes small people that are humble.
0: Mm -hmm. That's interesting.
2: You know, it's an oxymoron. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Yes. You can't. So which one do you want to choose? Do you want to choose a God that goes, you're fabulous and you're magnificent and you're powerful. Go. Go live your dreams and do what you want, create what you want. Mm -hmm. Or do you want a God that says, be careful, watch out. I'm not going to love you. If you go that far, Mm -hmm. Uh, personally, I pick number one Mm -hmm. and I did that. I remember turning around in church and I come from a religious background. Everybody, my Mm -hmm. brother, my older brother was a minister. I have, uh, Great appreciation for many of the things that I was taught in my church and in Mm -hmm. my religion. Mm -hmm. But I remember I was six or seven, and the preacher was up there going, and God will judge you, and God will not hold favor upon you. And I turned around to my mom, and I went, Mommy, I don't think my God feels that way. Wow.
0: Well, you knew it in early age. That's very interesting.
2: All kids know. Mm -hmm. And then we take it away from them. Mm -hmm. And how did your mom respond to that? She said, I don't think so either. Oh, Oh, I love that story. So I had quite a... Well, without
0: guilt, many churches wouldn't have a a, a financial structure. They have to have the guilt (laughs) to sort of build their business. Thank you. Yeah.
2: But that's what I mean. When we're filled with love, our cup runneth over. Mm -hmm. I mean, my daughter says to me, Oh, my God, mom, is it possible for you to pass a homeless person without putting some money in? I went No, you know why? And I got this from Neil Donald Wallace in conversations with God. He said, you see a a poor person at the end of the street. And you go, Oh, I should give him something and you reach in your pockets and you got a nickel and you got a $5 bill and you go, well, nickel's not enough and I can't give him a 5 By that time you've passed him in the moments over and you know what, it wasn't his moment. It was your moment. That that makes me tear up every time because I feel the truth of it. It's, it's our moment to know how much we have to give. It's our moment to acknowledge how blessed we are in our lives that we have enough to share it you know Mm -hmm. i i love giving to my family i love giving to the charities i love giving i just love i start christmas in january i have a whole (laughs) closet called the christmas (laughs) closet that i buy and put stuff in all year because that's because you know you.
1: That's because you fully embrace that giving is giving to yourself. You're just part of the yeah, universe. and
2: it it makes me feel love.
1: Right, because you have that connection. It it goes out and it comes back. You have a your loop is very fluid.
2: But so, I've created that. Connection. Yeah. Yes. I've worked at that create at, at that connection. Yes. I purposely hold an intention. To be that connection. I get up every day and I say today. My intention is to be love. And to send out love into this world. And to summon in love from everyone I meet. Do you know. And I travel a lot. I travel a whole lot. Yeah. Angels just come forward to help me everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. What
0: what do you think? What what do you think people's biggest block is to feeling the way you feel to be as free as you? They don't believe it. Oh,
2: they don't believe it's possible. And as the good book says, as you believe, it will be delivered to you. So, if you want to change your life, you have to change your belief systems. You have to.
0: Talk about your core beliefs webinar. First of all, what are the core beliefs and how does your webinar work?
2: Oh, my God. There's two pages of core beliefs. Oh, okay. And they have all been channeled to me.
0: Fritz uh, wants a free, free webinar, area. as you can see. <laughs> no, I just thought it was fascinating. And, oh, give us an a example of a few of the core beliefs.
2: Okay. All right. For example, um, one that's coming up a lot now is God betrays me, I betray me. Now, if we're the God of us, and we are, whenever we betray ourselves with anger or judgment or victimness toward ourselves, the God of us must betray us also. Because God, the universe, the energy, the force, whatever your term is for it, has to match the signal you are sending out. Is that, um, is that another be- good one is i don't think i have enough energy to do this
1: okay mm-hmm.
2: well people use that a lot as an excuse not to take responsibility and shift their belief system because it's just too much freaking trouble and could you please just give me a a blank cd that i could play that will change my life
0: hmm. they don't no. want to do the work
2: yeah. I, I think they don't.
1: They don't recognize that they're already doing a ton of work on negative. You bet. And and just as an example, like say you know we were talking about Facebook, you know, and people's political views on Facebook. If you're going to engage with somebody whose political views are not changing. Every time you open your Facebook, it's your turn to engage again, and this is this is negative energy that you're expending on some grievance or some sort of trying yeah, to be what's right. the point? Yeah, and you know ha-
2: what, guys, we live in a world of judgment right now. Stop it! It's not serving you. It's hurting you. It's sending money away from you. It's breaking down your body. Mm-hmm. It's holding relationships away from. Let me tell you a good one about relationships, Mm -hmm. okay? This is how most people don't create the relationship they want. So I, I use a very funny story. I say, okay, so if I'm talking to a woman. So you walk into this room and there's five gorgeous men. And they are all, you know, financially stable and they're healthy and they're just loving and honoring of you and you come in and go, wow, I really want a relationship with somebody like you. Uh, That's really what I want in my life. But by the way, I judge myself all the time. And I think I'm a big piece of shit. Who wants to have a relationship with me? (laughs) But that's what we're doing. Right. So, it, do do and, you, and you find you that, have to be the person you want to be with?
1: Right, because you perpetually prove yourself correct with, with yeah. with that messaging, because yeah. you attract what you're what what you've decided. You bet. You, go you ahead, bet. For a, Yeah.
0: Did you find during the last year and a half during the pandemic that people were seeking your counsel more than during other Absolutely. periods? Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the positive things that came out of the pandemic is that people had to go within. And all the anger Mm -hmm. that we're seeing in the world are people that didn't take advantage of going in and really finding out who they were.
1: So when when we press pause on life, did you find that a lot of people did some good work? And some good-
2: Absolutely. Okay, great. I had two of the best years I've ever had. Did you? But I went into a panic when it first happened. I went, oh, my God, all the studios are closing. How am I going to make a living? And my channel said, excuse me. (laughs) The studios aren't your livelihood. Your consciousness is your livelihood. Mm. Right. So get up every day and say, what can I create? So I produced a movie and I wrote Born and... I'm telling you again, miraculously, things just, money just came to me, opportunities just came to me. You see, you can't, I couldn't have specifically created all the things that came to me, but I created the vibration where they could all find me. Wow.
0: And you also wrote a children's book suggesting yes. that kids are never too young to be taught these wonderful yes. life lessons.
2: The first book of the series, it's Bupalopalu and Thy Love Me. That and Born are available for pre-order on Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble right now, and it'll be in the stores December 1st. And it's a beautifully, beautifully il- illustrated book by Vincenzo Lodato, um, beautiful Italian artist. And the message of this little bear to the little boy is Well, mom says I'm selfish, and daddy says I'm not strong enough, and grandma says I'm not old enough, and Buffet says, You haven't asked the most important person, you. Mm. Who do you want to be? Mm-hmm.
0: You have a great teaching website
2: them to start to define themselves at a very early age. My God, don't we wish we'd been there?
0: You have a great website. It's it's imdwallace.com, Correct. Yep. And mm-hmm. there are uh, your podcasts on there and you know, your radio shows uh, the ability to learn more about your books, both born and Babalopolis. What is it? Babalu- Babalabalu? Babalabaloo. I love that. That's a fun word to say. You and,
2: know what? And, and adults have so much trouble with it, and kids just say it like
0: that. It's <laughs> as as so it,
2: funny.
0: As long as it works. So um, we have to talk about your film career. I mean, come on. E.T. is part of the American, part of the global fabric. How do you feel coming up on 40 years? Did you have any sense that it was going to be this iconic explosion when it wow. happened?
2: No, you never do. As a creative, you just go in to do the best job you can. I did know that it was an amazingly special script Mm -hmm. that was going to affect the world. I did know that when I read it. But so many things have to come together, guys. The, The music, the timing, the marketing. Is the public ready for the message? You know, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. Remind
1: us of the uh, of the social uh, framework within which this film hit. What was going on in the world? What was going on in the country? Who was our president? Well,
0: but you know, it's this interesting. Came out in 82.
1: We're not going to test came you on out dates. In 82. 82. So that could yeah. have been Reagan.
0: But it's interesting because that was about extraterrestrials and, and visitations. Not from, really. No, it was that, about that, love. No, that, that was that, a that, movie that was about point, love. And that was the point I was trying to make. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. It was really your bailiwick even before it became your bailiwick. You
2: bet. It bet. W- the message of E.T. is keep your heart open and you get back home.
0: And I'll be right here.
2: Yeah, here.
0: What are you working on now, Dee?
2: Oh, my gosh. I've got a great uh, little Hallmark Christmas movie called Every Time a Bell Rings. That'll be on the 18th. Wow! I have a sci fi picture I just finished called Homestead, uh, a horror film called Jeepers Creepers fanboy. uh, 13 fanboy just came out last week Um, and I'm heavy into promoting my book. So I'm busy girl.
0: Wow, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, good for you. Mm. Do you hold weekly gatherings where you talk to? uh, uh, No,
2: no. Other than my radio show, and anybody, anybody can call in and ask a question of the channel. So you're live.
1: You're live every Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Every
2: Sunday morning, nine a.m. Pacific time,
1: and people call in, and and you
2: can get the the link in the number on my website, on the
1: homepage. Mm -hmm. Do you ever find yourself stumped? Someone is saying something to you and you, and you just are not sure where to go, or do you find that through connecting with the channel, the answers
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, I find myself stumped a lot, but I don't ever find the channel stumped, ever.
1: So what do you eat or drink before the radio show to help you be the best possible conduit?
2: I have my health food bar and my uh, yogurt and blueberries and my tea, which I have every morning. Look, there's no magical woo-woo stuff mm-hmm. to connecting with the channel. Mm-hmm. It's all like everything through intention,
0: and that's how you. Well, this has been amazing. It was a lot of fun to talk to you. And wow, was-
2: this was has been amazing. Oh, good, been amazing for me. Th- it's so rare guys that you get interviewed by people that are so learned about what you are about i cannot thank you enough for doing your research and all these wonderful questions you've asked i greatly greatly appreciate it
0: well you've had a fascinating life and uh, i i was going to ask you your origin story and what drove you to your spiritual work but you had the hideously painful experience of losing a father and a brother to suicide, and you are I think a lot of uh, uh, like a lot of people who go into a, a healing profession. your first work was on yourself and then you got to share the success of what you found with yourself with other people.
2: Well yeah if if you don't clear up your own energy, you have no right working with anybody else.
0: Yeah wow well it was very, very fun. and
1: uh, thank you. And I just want to thank you for, for the work that you're doing, and I know you work hard at it, and it, and it shows, and I listen to the, the voices of the people who call, and the gratitude in their voices, and it just yes. makes me really happy, and thank it's you. A beautiful
2: for the, community, thank you.
1: They really are, they're wonderful. Um, all right, Fritz, how can more people find our show?
0: Well, if you enjoyed this episode of Mediapath, it would help us to be more discoverable by potential new listeners. If you leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts, and if you're new here, and this is your first time with us. Please check out our back catalog. You may even find us binge-worthy. We've had amazing recent episodes. I'll bring you up to date. We had author Michael Isakoff, who's written an amazing investigative book about the early days in the Trump administration. He's written many great books, and he's a columnist on Mother Jones. Josh Mankiewicz and Keith Morrison talking about Dateline and America's Addiction to True Crime. We had gifted photographer Dan Winters talking about his famous bee photograph session with Angelina Jolie. We had bassist lee sklar who's been in more studio recording sessions than any other musicians we have had comedian wendy liebman and her writer producer husband jeff sherman lots of various topics and one of the most interesting was of course with d wallace thank you for (laughs) spending an hour with us and we would be overjoyed if you took a moment to share your thoughts with us or recommend us to a friend
1: we would love for you to join us online on Instagram and Twitter where we are at MediaPathPod and on Facebook where we are media Path Podcast. You can find full episodes with all kinds of bonus visual content on our YouTube channel, MediaPathPodcast. We would love to know what media you've been enjoying, so you can contact us at our social media or email us at MediaPathPodcast at gmail.com. We want to thank our wonderful guest, Dee Wallace. Our team includes Dina Friedman, Francesco Demonda, John Maddox, Sharon Bellio, Bill Filipiak, Thomas Hart. Mason Brown, and you. Our theme music is by me and John Maddox. I'm Louise Planker here with Fritz Coleman and our guest Dee Wallace, and we will see you along the media path.